You're listening to Detroit Today on 101.9 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, thanks for tuning in. We talk a lot on the show about how Michigan has some of the highest auto insurance rates in the country. It's a huge problem, especially in the city of Detroit. But after years of failing to come up with a solution at the state capitol, now some lawmakers say, let's just throw out the entire system. New proposals in Lansing would get rid of Michigan's auto no-fault system and put us back into a tort system where auto accidents, uh, where insurance companies and lawyers would duke it out to decide who's at fault in auto accidents and who pays for what. Some of the proposals out there would even allow Michiganders not to carry auto insurance at all. But one longtime state capital reporter says, hold on a second and let's slow down. John Lindstrom is the publisher of the Gongwork Capital News Service in Lansing, and he remembers the tort system Michigan had before no fault, and he wrote recently about it in the Gongwork blog. He says going back to the old system would mean bringing back a lot of old problems that most lawmakers are either too young or too inexperienced to remember. Uh, John Lindstrom, welcome to Detroit Today. Thank you. How are you? Yeah, very good. Uh, I, it's great to talk to you about this because uh, I think of you in some ways as the dean of government reporting here in the state of Michigan, oh, somebody who who knows more of about these things than, than any of the rest of us and certainly has a memory that stretches back a little further uh, than ours does. Uh, let, let's talk That's about... That's a nice way of saying I'm an old man. But, uh, <laughs> a wise man is what I was getting at there. Uh, l- l- let's talk about what uh, is being proposed at the Capitol and how likely it is to actually pass. Likelihood is a, a, a very open question right now. <laughs> um, it, it, but this is, this is an issue, uh, talking about going to the tort system, where literally you have to be a minimum of 60 years old to remember what it was like. Uh, you, you have to have been driving before no fault took effect um, to understand what an utter pain in the ass, um, getting minor accidents, fender benders, uh, rear enders, things like that, no personal injury involved, just getting your car fixed, what it took to go through that, and and it was it was astonishingly uh, complicated. In some cases, it took forever to get uh, to get a payment. You would you would you would go to most insurance companies had a claims place. You went to, they went through, they took a picture of it, they they handed you, and they said, "This is what we're going to pay," even though that could be anywhere from three quarters to half of what it was actually going to cost to uh, to fix the to fix the problem to mm-hmm. you know get your car or your truck back up and going, and uh, all of the focus on no fault, and in large measure appropriately so, has been over the question of uh, medical benefits, because we have the unlimited medical benefits, and what do you do about rates? But most people are not going to have an accident where there are serious bodily injuries, thank God. Um, they're just going to have to deal with the inconvenience, and it's already inconvenient to get your car fixed. Um, but under no fault, it's a lot more convenient than it would be <laughs> under a tort system. Yeah. And I mean, it essentially turns every car accident into a legal struggle. Uh, it, this, it, this it turns every system. car accident, no matter how minor, into a fault system. Right. And, and that's where you, ha- you, know, you, you go into a big fight over whose fault is it really that this accident occurred. Um, you know, it, it, it's, I mean, I had, a, I, had a, I had a rear ender, you know, back in 72, I think it was, 
and and I had stopped. Uh, suddenly, the light had changed. I had stopped, and the guy behind me hit me, and and, and you know, no injuries. Uh, call the cops, exchange driver's licenses, all the rest. But you know, then it came down to okay, whose fault was that? Did I stop too short? Was he not paying attention? And then, how do you assess the fault in this right. situation? Um, whereas under no fault, you've got a rear ender. You take the car and you get it fixed. <laughs> and, and your insurance and pays. Uh, and your insurance pays uh, it for and, your car, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Right. right. And and that that in and of itself entails some degree of higher rates um, because you know everyone's going to get their their damages taken care of, and so if if you if you decide you're going to get rid of no fault, is that something you really want to go to? I mean, do you want to actually subject people to that kind of inconvenience? And if you don't want to subject them to that kind of inconvenience, then you're going to have to come up with some kind of weird hybrid, yeah, yeah. of which I have no idea how that would work. So, so talk about why we're at this point where this is some of the thing. This is one of the things that lawmakers are thinking about, at least in in Lansing. What's brought them to this point? Uh, where they're talking about a system that, that, as you say, we used to have, uh, but didn't work all that well. Well, can't, I mean, this, this is literally a decades-old fight, um, and it's, it's driven by two factors. One is the cost of insurance mm-hmm. uh, and all of the components that go into the cost of insurance, and the second is the fear of what happens to you if you are in a horrible accident. Uh, as somebody once put... There is one minority group that everybody can become a part of and nobody wants to, and those are the injured and disabled. Mm-hmm. And, and Michigan's uh, system uh, of unlimited medical benefits has been a, a tremendous boon for those people who have been horribly, horribly injured in, in automotive accidents. Um, and, and yes, you can sit there and you can argue all you want to about, you know, are they, are they using the most efficient medical treatments? Are they, you know, how are they handling, uh, what's the cost of surgical procedures and everything else? You can go into those various details, but that's what holds everybody up uh, when they come down to, okay, how are we going to reduce the rates? What are we going to sacrifice to do that? And up to this point, I mean, there have been two votes of the public on proposals that could lower premium insurance cost, but at the offsetting cost of reducing medical benefits. And people sit there and say, well, you know, 200000 or $500,000 uh, in coverage, is, you know, that should, that should cover you forever. Well, it won't. Um, as anybody who has gone through any kind of a serious medical procedure, which is something that, you know, as you get older, you, you go through, you know, you, you can go in and, and run up a $10,000 bill real fast Very quickly, on, sure. on something that's not not that life-threatening. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I wonder what you think of the current system's uh, faults, I guess, or, or gaps. Uh, I, I said in the open that, you know, especially here in the city of Detroit, the system we have doesn't work all that well. The, the rates are very, very high, which leads lots of people to not be able to afford to have insurance at all, so then you have people driving around uninsured. Uh, yes. Mm-hmm. If if not going back to the tort system, what's what's the what's the fix? Well, I think if, I think if somebody knew, we would have adopted. It <laughs> We'd have gotten there. Um, right? It's. I mean, there there are fixes. The problem is, every one of them has an offsetting problem 
contained within it. If you if you went to statewide rating, um, that would take care of in large measure the problems that exist in Detroit the and to a lesser degree, yeah, yeah and, and to a lesser degree other urban areas. Uh-huh. But that means that um, everybody else who pays a somewhat lower rate of insurance is going to uh, pay a higher rate of insurance, and you know then you get people upset about that. If you go into the uh, uh, Catastrophic Claims Association and start saying, okay, you have to operate uh, totally in the open and you've got to make things open and available, that very possibly could have some effect. I mean, if, if you know, you're able to calculate uh, how much money is actually being basically banked. I mean, insurance, you know, there are times when... It, it, Insurance is a fascinating industry because it's all about money, but because it's money and numbers, people sort of their eyes glaze over. But you know, to a certain degree, insurance companies are are in, in some measure trying to prepare for the ultimate disaster. Yeah. Um, you yeah. know, they're they're trying to make sure that everyone is covered in case everyone dies. Well, of course, if everyone dies, who's going to make a claim? So um, it's it it it's a an extraordinarily complicated situation, and nobody is going to be happy with whatever final solution they come up with <laughs> um, to try to resolve these things because you're going to end up with with somebody you know suddenly finding themselves getting either less service or paying more for ser- the same service or maybe just paying more for less service for who, less. You know, yeah. who knows right at this stage uh, we've got about 2 minutes left but but I want to sort of put this in the context of inexperience in mm-hmm. Lansing and term limits uh, it does seem as though one of the reasons we can't get anywhere substantive on this debate is the constant turnover in Lansing and then the consequential short memories well, that's. Uh, th- th- I think that plays a role in just about anything that that, that is complicated to deal with. But you, you are, as I say, um, in- insurance is, is is sort of the ultimate simple, complicated thing at the same time. I mean, years ago there was Andrew Tobias wrote a book called The Invisible Bankers, which is which is very good, very good primer on in, uh, on insurance, and uh, and and how it works, and um, it's. It, it is one of those things where it would be helpful, certainly, to have people who have real expertise on the question of insurance. Um, you know, the, the insurance bureau, the state's insurance bureau, does not have some of the same enforcement, well, not enforcement power, but some of the same um, people that they used to have in it mm-hmm. who, who really, this was their life, is, was looking at and dedicating itself to monitoring and following insurance. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and some of that has been worked away over the last 20, 25 years. And those folks were, were very, very helpful in at least outlining um, to the legislature and to other policymakers what the total options were, what, what would be the cost and effect of each one of them, and, and how would you arrive at something that, that could work. And even then, you know, what they basically laid out was something that nobody wanted to deal with. <laughs> so, and and I, I think that you're going to, uh, I think that that's going to be a reality that, that we're going to have to, people are just going to have to take a deep breath, swallow hard and say, okay, um, I guess this is what it's going to have to be. And I guess I have to understand that nobody's going to like me for this. Right. And, right. but this in the but end is the, the best right way to go. To do. Okay. John Lindstrom, publisher of the Gongor Capital News Service in Lansing. Thanks very much for being here on Detroit Today. 
Thank you. It's going to do it for me today. I will be back tomorrow. I hope you will, too. This is 1019 WDET, Detroit's public radio station, a community service of Wayne State University. We'll see you tomorrow.